An accident waiting to happen is how the murder of Yusef Maki was described. This devastating case is about a boy who was stabbed to death, not by foe, but by his friend, Joshua Molnar. Yusef was of Anglo-Lebanese background. His parents were Dad, Galeb Maki, who was a salesman, and his mum, Debbie Maki, who was a psychiatric nurse. He had a sister called Jade and a brother called Mazin. His parents were separated and Yusef resided in a council estate in Burnage, Manchester, and he was a very gifted person. From primary school, school teachers were telling Yusuf's dad about his son's inimitable intelligence. He was described as an academic to be, one of those who come once in every 20 generations. Yusuf had aspirations to be a heart surgeon, and his cleverness earned him a scholarship to study at a £12,000 a year Manchester grammar school. At the age of 17, Yusuf was studying for his A-levels. His future was bright and he even attended a talk on the prospect of taking his education to the halls of Oxford. So who is Joshua Mona? Joshua's dad, Mark Mona, is a business consultant and former chairman of the Cheshire Lawn Tennis Association. And his mum, Stephanie, was a co-founder of a chain of private children's nurseries. Joshua had attended independent schools all his life and had access to luxury, which included gifts and holidays. So how does a boy who was born into wealth and grew up in a blanket of privilege end up stabbing someone in the heart? According to reports, Joshua started to live a fantasy life as a middle-class gangster and wanted to rid himself of his privileged lifestyle. He listened to drill and started smoking weed at the age of 15. Now we know that doesn't make you a gangster, but I believe he tried to imitate what he saw in music videos and on social media. Joshua was not academically gifted as Yusef, but he was interested in sports. He played rugby for his school and with the Al Trincham Kersal RFC. Joshua moved from school to school, which kicked off from the age of five, when he left Hell School due to aggressive behaviour. But he was never expelled from these schools. He simply just left. He then went to Bullington Primary School in Al Trincham, where it was said he was very happy. It wasn't until Joshua attended Cheadle Home Secondary School where trouble found him again. He was known for barging into people that he didn't like in the hallways and his peers said that he didn't shy away from being flashy either, often posting pictures of his designer items on social media. Joshua left Cheadle Home when he was requested to repeat year nine. I'm guessing this is because he attended like an independent grammar school because I've never heard of, well, I've never witnessed someone like repeat in a year before i've heard of people skipping years but i've never seen anyone repeat a year during his time at secondary school joshua's parents actually divorced and he suffered from several family bereavements joshua's parents decided to send him to shropshire where he attended ellesmere college boarding school to finish his secondary education ellesmere college is known for nurturing students who have a gift for sports and it is a thirty-three thousand a year boarding school where students learn latin and its alumni include former England Rugby Union captain Bill Beaumont and the current chairman of the World Rugby. So that is a very, very posh boarding school. After completing secondary school with six GCSEs, Joshua returned home and attended Wilmslow High School, which is a state comprehensive school. Joshua left Wilmslow High School after weed was found in his backpack, but he wasn't expelled. 
No, he left under mutual consent. It seemed as though Joshua's life was beginning to settle until he thought it was a bright idea to start carrying a knife around. He said it was for protection against muggings and because of peer pressure. Joshua didn't want to be known as a flashy posh kid anymore. He wanted, I guess, his peers to respect him. Reports also stated that Joshua told his friends that he would run away and sleep in his mum's car because he didn't get along with his family. However, his parents had no recollection of him running away or sleeping in his mum's car. It was said that she drove an Alfa Romeo, which is kind of a decent car. So and I'm not trying to diminish anyone's family issues, but it kind of sounds like another attempt to make himself seem more hard and streetwise than he actually is or maybe to garner some sympathy from his peers who knows now Joshua and Yusuf didn't actually go to the same school but they met through mutual friends and on the 2nd of March 2019 Yusuf left his house in Burnage and traveled to Hell Barnes Whilst he was out, he phoned home to tell his family he would be back in time for dinner. Because of the school he attended, Yusuf had many friends from affluent backgrounds. He also made many friends in the area he lived in and his mum said that he used to choose her as well. On the evening of his death, Yusuf met up with 17-year-olds Adam Chowdhury and Joshua Mona. The trio had met up to smoke some weed and decided to pick up an additional £45 worth of weed. The group allegedly wanted to rob the dealers too. CCTV evidence showed the boys hanging around in the Booth supermarket car park in hell before the group headed to Gorse Bank Road. And instead of robbing the dealers, a fight actually broke out and Joshua was beaten by the dealers as Adam and Yusuf fled the area. When they reconvened as a group, Joshua became angry with Adam and Yusuf for not having his back. This caused a rift between Yusuf and Joshua and the pair began to argue. Moments later, Yusuf was laying on the ground from being stabbed in the chest. The boys were found by pedestrians and at 6.40pm, the police were called. With Yusuf bleeding out, Joshua panicked and removed his top to try and stop the bleeding. Yusuf was rushed to hospital where he unfortunately died. When the police arrived on scene and questioned Adam and Joshua, Adam told the police they saw a grey car earlier in the day scouting for kids and Joshua told the police that a random person stabbed Yusuf before running off. The police soon found out both boys were lying and it was Joshua who stabbed Yusuf in the heart. The police found Joshua's knife discarded in a nearby bush. Joshua said he lied to the police because he panicked. Adam and Joshua arrested and appeared at Manchester Youth Court on the 6th of March 2019. When Joshua and Adam were first arrested, they were given pseudonyms, Boy A and Boy B, with Boy A being Joshua and Boy B being Adam. This was due to them both being under the age of 18. Adam was charged with possession of a knife and assisting an offender. He was granted bail until the 28th of March 2019. His bail conditions included adhering to a curfew between 7pm and 7am and surrendering his passport. However, Joshua was told his charge of murder was too serious to be heard at youth court. Therefore, his case was to be transferred to the Manchester Crown Court and no bail application was made. The post-mortem revealed Yusuf sustained a 12 centimetre deep wound to his chest and the blade went through his heart. Joshua stated Adam Chowdhury arranged a botched deal where his carbon fibre racer bike was ditched over a hedge. And when Adam and Yusuf came to find him, Yusuf started to call him a pussy, which ultimately annoyed him. Joshua ended up pushing Yusuf, which resulted with Yusuf retaliating with a punch. 
Joshua told the court that he saw Yusuf holding a knife saying, come on, come on. He truly believed Yusuf was going to attack him, so he started to take out his knife as a warning to leave him alone. Joshua's response to how Yusuf was stabbed was, I don't know what I did, I don't know how it all came together. Joshua claimed he must have stabbed Yusuf as self-defence. However, I couldn't find any article that mentioned a second knife was found at the scene. I didn't read any evidence to show that Yusuf wanted to stab Joshua, so I was a bit confused. Not a bit confused, I was very confused. Hi everyone, I've got some exciting news. CrimeCon UK is still taking place this year, so open up your calendars and save Saturday the 25th and Sunday the 26th of September 2021. In order to purchase your tickets, all you have to do is visit crimecon.co.uk. Get inside the mind of a serial killer and psychopath, learn from leading criminologists, hear from the families and survivors, meet your favourite true crime podcasters, Immerse yourself in forensic evidence and delve deeper into unsolved crimes. CrimeCon is the ultimate true crime weekend partnered by Crime and Investigation. I will be there all weekend so come and join us and don't forget to quote handcuffed when you purchase your tickets to receive your 10% discount. See you soon! The court heard Joshua was obsessed with knives and drill music. The jury had evidence of an incident where Joshua attended a party held at a one million property in Manchester where a fight broke out and after punching a boy, Joshua pulled out a knife. Joshua denied this allegation, but he did tell the court, if I had a pretty cool knife, I would show it off a bit. According to Manchester Evening News, during the trial, Joshua's defence didn't provide any character witness compared to his co-defendant, Adam, who was able to provide several. Now, this could have been a deliberate move by the defence. Who knows? The jury were shown and told about a number of videos showing Joshua's fixation with knives. There was a clip of Joshua making stabbing motions towards another male. Another video where Joshua was seen using a firework to light up a spliff and then throwing the spliff behind him. Another video which was made on February 2019, a month before Yusuf's death, where Joshua was seen to make slashing movements with a machete before poking the blade into a mattress. And another one, which apparently showed Yusuf telling, telling Joshua to stab him. But it wasn't clear if this was a part of the incident where Yusuf actually ended up stabbed or it was before. Joshua's barrister stated in court, What's going on with a whole generation of children with the advantage of good families and good education? They appear to have led double lives living out idiotic fantasies, talking in stupid jive talk, idiotic, juvenile, pathetic, but not sinister stupid i just want to talk about that a little bit because i don't know i think it kind of rubbed me the wrong way where it's like he's saying or she's saying a whole generation of children with the advantage of good families and good education appear to have led double lives so i'm guessing he's talking about people like joshua who come from wealthy families that are able to get probably the best education in England compared to the children might be exposed more to that lifestyle and might come from a lower class and I got an issue with that because just because somebody comes from a wealthy background and they commit a heinous offence that doesn't mean that they're not sinister I'm not saying he is sinister but I just feel like they're trying to paint a picture of oh he comes from this really rich family and from this really good 
background so therefore he can't be this person who killed somebody it no it's just a little stupid mistake that's how i read it and i ain't feeling it in july 2019 joshua was cleared of murder and manslaughter and sentenced to a 16-month detention and training order for perverting the course of justice and possession of a bladed article how like how it's just truly baffling if it was a, a, a boy from London or a, a poorer area in Manchester, even it doesn't, let's not even mention London, let's stick to Manchester. Or if it was Yusef, in fact, would he have been cleared of murder and manslaughter? Adam was sentenced to a four month detention training order after he pleaded guilty to carrying a knife on the day. Both boys were acquitted of conspiracy to commit robbery for the botched drug deal where Joshua got beaten up. As the non-guilty verdict was read out, Yusuf's father, Galeb, shouted, where's the justice for my son? And there was even a report stating he collapsed in trial. Yusuf's sister Jade made a statement saying Yusuf was a bright and caring boy who had only just started to associate himself with these boys who were not in any sense his best friends. We do not accept for one moment that Yusuf's death was merely an accident. Together with our legal campaign and investigation teams we are all exploring all avenues for ensuring that we achieve justice for Yusuf. We have never seen a shred of true remorse from Joshua Mona or the person known for the time being as Boy B. Yusuf's mother, Debbie, told the media that she was appalled by the treatment of Yusuf's family and friends during the trial. She stated they were made to sit in the public gallery and share headsets between them, some which didn't work, whilst priority seating in the court were given to the defendant's family. In response, the Ministry of Justice spokesman said victims' families were offered the use of private suites and the option of sitting away from a defendant's family. During, cases and headphones were available to help those in the public gallery to listen to proceedings more clearly. They also added a tragic case and our sympathies remain with Mr Mackey's family and said that the department was looking at the possibility of putting speakers into the upstairs public gallery. Soon after the trial and Joshua's acquittal, Yusuf's younger brother received a video from an unknown person. The video showed Joshua making stabbing movements whilst listening to drill music and this video was apparently made during the trial like can you imagine it's just wicked just wicked the family made a complaint to the judge on the case justice simon bryan and grace Harp, manchester police lawyers representing joshua told the guardian the video was meant for his girlfriend and it does not reflect the lack of remorse on his part they also said it reflected his frustration with the way the prosecution were misrepresenting the videos that were played in court oh i don't even know if i should comment on that like how how is that a misrepresentation like you're making stabbing movements and you stabbed somebody make it make sense because the math is not mathematizing right now joshua was acquitted in july 2019 and his anonymity was supposed to expire when he turned 18 in october however after the trial the times newspaper legally challenged the judge to end his anonymity two days before his birthday Apparently, this was so the release of Joshua's name could coincide with the release of their article. Adam Chowdhury also made an application to keep his anonymity until November 2021, even after he would have turned 18. But his applications and his appeals were denied. After Joshua was named, Manchester MP Lucy Powell tweeted, You do have to ask if these defendants were black at state school and from, say, Moss Side, whether they would have been acquitted. It's true. I agree 100%. 
100%. British solicitor Nazir Asfal also tweeted referencing a Telegraph article naming Joshua. The article had a wholesome picture of Joshua and his mum and it was basically an article explaining that he acted in self-defence and he has to live with his actions for the rest of his life. Nazir Asfal tweeted the article stating, This is offensive to the family of the boy that was killed. Can you recall the last time a killer, he's not a murderer, was given a page with a sweet picture to talk about why he did it? It smacks of white privilege. If you can't hear that, ask me clicking, which means I agree, okay? Yusuf's family and friends attended a knife crime summit in October 2019 and Yusuf's mother Debbie gave a heartfelt statement about her son and knife crime. She was so devastated at court after Joshua's acquittal, she was unable to read it, so this was the perfect opportunity. Part of her statement read, The reality of knife crime is, unless you have lost a loved one, especially a child, knowing you can't touch your child because he is now a piece of forensic evidence. My boy who I've protected for 17 years and watched him grow into a loving, beautiful and intelligent young man was never going to walk into my room again. He had his infectious smile, which he was famous for. Always bubbly, always full of life. His precious life was cruelly taken from us just because his killer had an obsession with knives. In court, he said his collection was aesthetically pleasing. To him, maybe, but not to us. Not now, not ever, not to any of us. Imagine as a parent, you'll never see him graduate, have kids of his own. Together, we must try as parents and families to rid our communities of this epidemic because if not, what hope have we got? Don't let it be your child or loved one you can't touch because of forensic evidence. Every life is precious, no matter where you come from or how much you earn. We have to live with that forever. Words can't express how it affects every one of us and always will. That is definitely very touching and she made a lot of good points. We are in an epidemic, I believe. And it's not just London, it's not just black boys, it's not just people that come from a lower class. It affects a lot of communities. It's not just gangs. Knife crime is all over and I'm I'm shocked that our justice system cleared somebody of murder and manslaughter. I'm not too sure what other avenues the family have, but I know they're working towards it. And I know they're going to keep Yusuf's name alive and they want to see justice for him. And they deserve justice and Yusuf deserves justice. Thanks for listening. Let me know your thoughts on the case. You can reach me on Twitter, Handcuffed Pod, Instagram, Handcuffed Podcast. And also I started using TikTok. So if you want to, you know, TikTok me, Handcuffed Podcast on there too. Bye.